welcome. Uh, my name's Dave, and we're here at Rock. Let me just say that we are, uh, I think I'm getting a little feedback right here. We are all about three things. Go, grow, give. Can everybody say go, grow, give? Go, grow, give. So we want to go bring people to Jesus uh, because Jesus, isn't he amazing? If you, if you don't know him, he, if you do know him, you know he's amazing. Uh, he loves us. He died for us on the cross for all of our sins, for all of our screw-ups. And we all screw up, don't we? <laughs> for sure we screw up. So we want to help others know about God's love through Jesus. So we want to go bring people to Jesus on this campus, all over the area. Second G, grow. We want to grow people up and what they can be. Because we know God has amazing plans for us. He wants to use us, simple us, to take this message of God's love all over the world, starting here and all over the world. So, and he wants us to grow in our faith. He doesn't want to keep us where we are. He wants us to, to be all we could be, like the army says, <laughs> and grow us into amazing people. Things that you think you can't do, God can do through you. So he has an amazing plan for you. The third thing is give. We want to give back. So grow, go grow, give. We want to give back in the world to reproduce because... We know um, that we want to produce churches like this and people who love Jesus and just spread his love all over. And that's what we're about. If you're new here, I want you to know you're safe uh, wherever you are because uh, Jesus loves you as you are where you are. He just doesn't want to keep you where you are. He wants to bring you somewhere else in a better place. So we're all, we're all sinners in this place. We all need Jesus. Uh, and that's why we're here. So God bless you guys for being here. And I'm really excited because, yeah, we're, uh, we're in the series called Restart. And this is our, this is our fourth week as, as an official church. So why don't we thank God for, for, for our church, our fourth week. And so we're so excited about that. And, uh, yeah, and I'm excited because uh, we're, this is, we're in a, a relationship series, a new way to think about relationships. Who, who, who needs help with their relationships? Or, or who, if you don't need help now, you're going to need help later on. Uh, I just want to show hands if I can. How many of you guys are married in this room? Any married people in this room? Of people of married. How many of you guys are single? Okay. How many of you guys are single and looking? All right. We'll, we'll talk later. We'll, we'll connect you all later on. <laughs> And, and, and so all different types of relationships. Uh, you know, as we said in our first few weeks, uh, God is the, the founder of relationships. Jesus, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, they were in intimate relationship before time. And because God is a, uh, a relational being, he made us to be relational. Right here you see the Godhead talking here. When it says, let us, who's the us? the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and he wanted to create a being in their likeness with the same personalities, the same attitudes, emotions, the need for relationship. We all have a need for intimate relationship. Why? Because God created us like that. And, and so I'm kind of rehashing what, if you weren't here last two weeks, this is kind of what we spoke about. And God wants us to have this amazing relationship first with him, the founder of relationships, right? That makes sense. He's the original autograph. 
The user guide of how to grow a relationship comes right from the Bible, and that's the Word of God, which is actually Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the living Word. And so God wants us to be in positive relationships. The, the thing is, is how, how do we get there? Because many of us, um, we don't know how to pick our relationships, do we? I mean, I mean, how many of you guys, and, and I'm, we're going apple pickers. I'm taking these apples out now, and these are the apples. And I had a nanny. Uh, I'm Italian. How many paisans in the room? How many Italians in the room? All right, yo, hey, all right. So my nanny, when I was three years old, I lived with her, <laughs> and she used to take me to the acne, and she would let go and, and, and like, smell all the fruit, she would smell, mm. she would smell it, she would pick a couple, and, and, and once in a while, she said, you know, you could do this, David, she would take a grape out and take one of the grapes to taste it, to see if it was okay, she was testing it out, and I was only three years old, I was thinking, this is a little strange, what, what in the world are you doing, nanny, and, and um, I realized there was a method to her madness, I realized that uh, she was trying to figure out what was a good fruit and what was a bad fruit. And, and some of us, you know, we're going apple picking today. So we're going to be out there. Some of us are going to go for the low-hanging fruit out there. The low for me, a low-hanging, because I have a bad back, the low-hanging fruit is going to be what's on the ground already. <laughs> and it might look good. And some, some of the, uh, you all are going to be reaching for those apples. You're going to be straining for those apples. But you're going to be looking to make sure you pick a good piece of fruit because you're going to have to pay for that fruit, right? You're going to go in and you're going to pay for it. You don't want to take it home. And I've done this before. I thought it was a good piece. I go home and inside it's rotten inside. <laughs> and it has worms inside. Some of us have been in relationships where we thought we were picking the right thing, but we ended up picking some rotten apples in our relationships. Some of us have been through some pretty bad relationships. Some of us uh, are looking for it to be in a relationship, but how do you know how to pick what's a good fruit, like Danny, and what's, what's a bad fruit? And how we're going to know that is we're going to talk about the Bible and dating and what the Bible says about how to pick the right type of person in your life. I mean, this is the most important thing, and besides picking Jesus... Actually, Jesus picks you, and you just have to say, yes, Jesus. The most important decision in your life is who, what person you want to spend the rest of your life with if you want to get married, or what relationships mean, or who you're going to date. It's so important. Are you all with me? How many of you have picked fruit, and you know what I'm talking about, the fruit is the person, and it ended up being rotten inside? <laughs> and you go, man. And then and other people may be looking at that person go, why did she pick that fruit? What's wrong with that woman? Why did she pick a fruit like that? She should have picked another fruit that's better than that for her, but she wouldn't listen. And you could go with the dudes, too. You know, I, we actually have a, a website at Rock called oasis-singles.com. It's our website. We get tens of thousands of visits weekly all over the world, and we write about certain things like... like um, why do good girls go for bad guys? You know, it is a thing out there, you know. And there's also a thing of why do good guys go for bad girls? And how do we know the difference? So my nanny, she had 
she had wisdom in how, and I thought she was crazy, but looking back, she made the best apple pie. Mm-mm-mm. And she taught me how to make apple pie. It's one of the few things I can make. I can make fried eggs. <laughs> I can make chicken soup, because she taught me how to do that. And I can cook a mad apple pie from scratch, you know, from scratch. The dough, I mean, I could make the dough, everything, I could cook that. So she had, a, she had wisdom how she did that. And, and she also had, uh, she was intentional about how she chose her fruit. The interesting thing is, many of us, um, in our relationships, we're not wise and we're not intentional. And we spend more time looking in the mirror, picking out your clothes. Do I look cute? Do I look nice today? Like, I picked my clothes out because it's fall. Do I look fall to you today? I mean, I look pretty good, pretty fall, going for the pumpkin patch, you know. I got it going on a little bit, work boots and all. I took some time to decide, gee, what should I wear? What should I pick out? Some of us spend more time doing other types of things like that, picking the college you're going to go to, picking picking your clothes out, rather than using uh, what God has given us to choose our relationships. Does that make sense? Because if we don't do that, if we don't have the, the right foundations for how we enter relationships, then, then we're going to end up in bad relationships. We're going to end up in not making the right choices, not making the right pick. So we all need to uh, turn to your part, your, your guy next and say, you need to learn how to pick fruit. No, you, can, you need to learn how to pick fruit. You need to learn how to pick fruit. The fruit is the person, right? It's the person. So that's my intro to the message. And just something about dating, um, it's not biblical. It's not biblical. There's no such thing as dating in the Bible because the Bible, uh, dating is a phenomenon that's only 200 years old. Before that, and they had, and courtship too, by the way. That's not in the Bible too. Yeah, oh, should I courtship or should we date? Or what should it be? Should I go to Tinder or should I like, um, just kind of like pray about, it? none of that's in the Bible. But just because it's not biblical doesn't mean it, it, it's bad, but it's just not in the Bible. You're not going to find verses. Some, some pastors and churches, they're going to say, oh, 2 Corinthians says this about dating. No, it doesn't because it's not in the Bible. It, it hasn't been around. But the Bible is an amazing book. It's God's Word. We believe that, that God, um, it's, it's the Holy Word of God, and we can depend on the Bible, and we have a God that loves us so much. And, you know, in the beginning, in, in the previous weeks, we talked about Adam and Eve, how they had it going on. It was like perfect they had everything. They had great sex because they were married. They had great relationship. They had everything, but then they had to go and screw it up by, by committing that one thing that God said, don't touch the one thing. I'm telling you, you got everything else. Don't mess with this one thing. And what did they do? They messed with it, just like we would too. But, but then the whole world fell into sin, and it's been accursed. And that's why Jesus came to reverse the curse. So, so we're, because of the fall, we're all not right. We all have things wrong with us. We all, we're all sinners, and we're deep inside. We may be looking for God. We may be looking for purpose and peace, but we're looking for it in the wrong places because we'll look for it in 
sex, we'll look for it in drugs, we'll look for it in education, we'll look for it in career, but what we really, really need deep inside is Jesus himself to, to renew us and to bring us in. And that's why he, he died on the cross for our sins. So today you have an opportunity to have a new beginning in your life by turning your life over to Jesus. Look, you screwed it up so far. I'm just speaking plain. We screwed it up on our own. That's how it works. You screw up on your own, and that's why we all need Jesus to forgive us, to renew us. So Jesus says this, I'll die for your sins. I died for you on that cross. You come to me and exchange all of your junk, all of your shame, all of your pain, all these things in your life, you give to me. And what I'm going to do is forgive you and wash you and cleanse you and renew you and give you a purpose in your life that you never had before. And, and I know some of us are walking around with guilt because of what we've done in the past. Maybe even you've, in the last night, you may have done something, you go, man, I'm just a bad person. <laughs> well, Jesus can wash you, can cleanse you. He wants to give you a new life in him. And it's all because he loves you. So that's the great exchange. So Jesus came to reverse that curse. But now we're still in the world. We're still quite not right until Jesus comes back. And that's why we need a lot of help when we're choosing in relationships. Because we do have two people that are not just right. And then you're trying to bring together two people that are sinners in themselves and have issues. And do you have any people that are perfect in this room right now? No, okay, so you're, we're all on the same page. So when you try to bring two people together in a, in a, in a relationship, you see, you see it all the time in Hollywood, and I, uh, I was watching Hallmark. I have to make a confession. <laughs> I like watching Hallmark. You know, those, those uh, Christmas Hallmark and fall Hallmarks and how the people meet and they don't get along and they hate each other. And by the end of the Hallmark, they're like smooching and kissing and, and happily ever after type of thing. We all want that, right? We really do. Deep inside, we say, I don't want it. And even you dudes, I know some of you are going to like look at me and go, you watch Hallmark? Come on, man. But yeah, I do. I, I watch Hallmark. And, and cause, you know, we all want that thing. It's all about how, how to go about doing it, but we, we need guidance on that, and that's where God comes in. So dating's not in the Bible, but there is certain principles, guiding principles that we can go to, to to apply to our love life, to our relationships. Broad principles, and you find a lot in the book of Proverbs. Now, King Solomon, he knew what he was talking about. King Solomon, tradition says, and, and, and the Bible says, he was the wisest guy in the whole world. And that's why he wrote all these Proverbs. Who, anybody heard of King, uh, King Solomon? I mean, he, a lot of you, he was an amazing guy. So he wrote this thing called the Book of Proverbs and all these sayings. And, 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 and he had, he, he had a, a, a long line of, of dating, of, of, I won't call it dating, but he had a long line of relationships, some that worked out, some that didn't. And uh, so we're going to look at some guiding principles for our relationship because God loves you so much. He wants you to have a relationship with him and he wants you to enjoy the best relationships with others. That's including, of course, a dating relationship, a, a love life, um, which, a mar marriage. I mean, 
How many of us that aren't married want to get married someday? I mean, most of us that aren't married, we want to get married someday. And, 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 and there's hope for all of us. Some of us have been in relationships and it didn't work out and we're divorced, but there's still hope there. There's still hope. There's always hope with Jesus to restart, to, to, to start over. That's the amazing mercy of the gospel, which is the good news about Jesus. So that's why we're here. So there are guiding principles. We just want to go over a couple prerequisites. I want to call them prerequisites. Prerequisites. Say that five times fast. <laughs> Where uh, you need these, to have these things before you start out. And many of us, as we said in previous weeks, we get our dating advice, our relationship advice from TV. No one told me about I didn't. My parents never told me. I mean, they had a horrible marriage. Horrible marriage. Fighting all the time. I'm in the middle of them. Daddy used to, was an alcoholic. I'm in the middle trying to, like, keep the peace as a six-year-old. Can you imagine that? Trying to, to say, Daddy, don't go out and get drunk again. Don't leave me here. You know, but the point is, is we get our, how your parents were, that's one of the ways you're going to have that kind of, you're going to like follow that. If you were from an abused background and you think dating's like that, well, chances are you're going to struggle with these things. If you come from a home where there's alcohol and drugs, you're going to struggle with these things. There's more likelihood. If you're from a, a, um, a single mom and you're struggling, and, you know, most single moms have it tough. And, and it's tough enough being a single mom. You're going to be struggling with things. And when you grow up, you're going to struggle the same way. You can break this chain through Jesus Christ today and his power. Do you believe that God has the power to change lives today? Amen. He certainly does. So, uh, but some, you know, prerequisites. So a lot of us, we go to our friends for, um, that we see but then they have messed up relationships. <laughs> so, so where do you go? Everywhere you go, it's like everything's messed up. So let's go to the Bible. So we're going to share a few verses. So wisdom. The first thing that we need is wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. To be wise in our, in our choices, right? And how we pick. My nanny had wisdom. And, and here's a couple of verses. The wise, you must, to be wise, you must first have reverence for the Lord, if you know the Holy One, you have understanding. And this kind of goes back to what we were saying in, a few weeks ago, that the foundation of any relationship, you can apply this to any relationship, is if you know God, who is the founder of relationships, he created relationship. In, in the beginning, the Word was with God, Jesus, the Word was with God, uh, and they were together, Father and Son, they had this intimacy and again, he created us for intimacy in relationship with him and then with each other. So if you don't go to the source first, like we said previously, and you're just trying to go to, to see what, like we said previously, Hollywood or, or you know, name the, name the actress that you, you follow that you say, oh, I want to be like her or that movie star, and their relationships are messed up. If you go to there instead of to the true source, what do you expect is going to happen? And if you don't have a, a renewing of your own heart because of the fall, because of our, our own sin, and we know that there's just something, I want to be good. I want to be in a good relationship. I want to I love. 
and I want to be loved back, but somehow I mess things up because I'm a little crazy. Jesus says, I can fix that. It starts with knowing him, knowing him. I don't want anyone today leaving here not having the opportunity to know him. And all, all that takes is to acknowledge that, first off, that he is God Almighty, that he exists and that he loves you so much. He left heaven, Jesus did, to come down to earth to die for our sins and to acknowledge that I'm in desperate help of, of a change. I'm in desperate help of your forgiveness, Jesus. I tried life on my own. I even tried relationships on my own. I have a good, I have a good you know, tendency. I have, in my heart, I really want this type of thing, you know, um, I, I really wish I was in this type of relationship, but it always doesn't work out well. I'm going to give it all over to you. I'm going to give my life over to you. I'm going to surrender my life by asking you to come into my heart and life and giving me a new beginning through Jesus Christ. That's the offer of the gospel today. So if you're interested in that, we could pray later on. But that's, that's it. But knowing, this is where wisdom starts. It starts with the source. The original uh, user's guide for relationships is Jesus himself and what he says and what his word says. Does that make sense? You know, you have, so you have a clock, your, your, your clock is broken. Where do you take it to get fixed? You take it to the clockmaker who, 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 who created that clock. He knows all the inner workings. God knows all your inner workings of your heart. He knows everything, you know, you, you, about you, maybe that you don't even know. Some of us don't even know how messed up we really are because we've never really been in touch with ourselves. We kind of like wind it all out. We think education will, will make us smarter, better. No, education will make you smarter, but not necessarily better. I know about prisons. I was a probation officer for 26 years. Don't some of you all run out now. But um, prisons don't make you better. They make you stronger because you can work out. They don't make you better. It'll make you better. So we need God's wisdom. Second thing here, um, oh, I don't know how that got in there, but this other proverb, we're, going, we're, we're getting our advice from Proverbs today and a few other verses, is this. I see this a lot in relationships. It's dangerous to have zeal, which is desire. It's dangerous to have desire without knowledge. Again, knowledge is wisdom. It's dangerous to do that. And, and the ones who act hastily make poor choices. You can apply this to your dating life. How many people do you know that they meet someone and they go, I'm in love. And there's just so they're just, they just think they, you know, I, they found the one and 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 it's all feel, you know, you know that good feeling when, when you have a crush on someone? Do you ever have a crush on someone? You know that feeling? Well, if you don't know, you remember the feeling of what it was like. You have this crush, and you, everything is right. All life is right, it's perfect. And then you rush in headfirst into a relationship before you're actually ready for the relationship. Because God, you know, God, there's, there's a process. To singlehood, God, singlehood is not a waste of time. Singlehood is a, is a time to prepare yourself for that relationship. To meet the right person, you have to be the right person. But, but some of us, and we could, I mean, I'm going to say I, I'm in that group. I'm in that group. You, I, sometimes I, I'm impulsive. I run straight forward into something. And in this area, we're talking about relationships. Do you know anyone in your life that you met them and you're the girl or a guy on the side going, 
You don't see those red flags, girl? You don't see those red flags, boy? You don't see that? No, they don't see it. They don't see it because they're without, they're zeal without knowledge. They want that relationship and they'll just go on into it without, without taking a step back and say, well, first of all, what does God say about it? Number one. And then um, another thing is um, they allow their heart to get involved. The Bible has a lot to say about the heart. The heart is your affections, the seat of your emotions. And I wear my heart on my sleeve. When you get to know me, like I'm very vulnerable. A lot of people tell me, TMI, TMI. I can't help it. I'm like that. I share what I feel. And it could be dangerous because God is saying, you guard that heart. The heart is the most precious thing you have. That's the seat of your emotions. That's, you know, the scripture says you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Um, Don't be giving away your heart until you know for sure that that person is good for you and that there's a process that you can learn. And we're going next week we're gonna talk about how to know you found the one for sure. Because there's a certain thing, how to know. And 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 I am not a relationship expert, but I have a website and I see people, thousands of tens of thousands, they write to me going, I did this, I went head first into this. I thought he loved, he told me he loved me. And, 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 and he looked good, and, and, and he had a car, and he was an, an employee. Okay, but are you compatible? Is it, what, is it in line with what God says? Or she looked so hot. I mean, she was so... And she, made, she told me I was good-looking. And that just made me feel so good, because and in deep inside, like myself, growing up with no self-esteem, you have someone that's coming to you saying you're beautiful, you're, you, you're muscles, you're this. You're going to eat that sucker up. You're going to be tempted to give away your heart. And God's saying, don't do that. So, not so fast. Er, let's take a step back now. Let's see what God's word says. Let's see how, how we can fit this in. And Have you noticed, too, when you meet people and they're in love, or they say they're in love? It could be lust. We're going to talk about that, too, in the next week after. What's the difference between love and lust? Um, it, it happens a lot. I don't know why it happens, but it's very dangerous. When you couple up with someone and you're in your, I, I call it your, your like smoochy huddle, what you tend to do, unfortunately, is you block out God, you block out your friends, and all of a sudden, you ever hang out with someone, your best friends, you're hanging out every day, and all of a sudden they get a girlfriend, and all of a sudden, they don't want to play tennis with me because, oh, I'm sorry, I've got to go with uh, um, Laura. Her name's Laura. I'm talking about a real couple here. I've got to go spend time with Laura because she loves me and we're going out together. I go, you see her six, th- six dang times a week. Can't you have one day for your old pal who is your best friend? No, no, you don't understand because we're in this relationship and, and you're spending all this time together. And you ever meet people like that? We're, 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 it's so, they're so into each other that they unfortunately have no room for anyone else and they block everything out and that's where bad choices are made. Bad choices are made with that and they don't allow that. So God says guard your heart. There's a whole study you could do on the heart 
guard your heart. And, and Philippians 4 says, you know, uh, be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer. Seek God in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart. That's a military term. We're, we're, a Roman military term, Will, you guard that thing. That's your precious heart. Some of us, and it's sad, I've had my heart broken. Some of us have had our hearts broken because we didn't guard our heart. They, they, they tricked us. They, they gaslighted us. They, 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 they abused us. They came around the inside and tricked us. They, I thought you loved me because you said these things, and you, you might have done these things, but, but you hurt me. And, they, and some, of, some of us had our, our, our virginity taken away, our purity taken away. Some of us have done things we would never have done if we didn't believe that that person loved us. That's why it's so important to guard our hearts. The good news is we can start again. If you've been in a position, you can start all over again in Jesus. You can have a new beginning again in Jesus. Just guard your heart. Um, so, um, oh, here. Here's a scripture. Why? If you're looking for, how do I get wisdom, David? Ask God for it. He says in James 1.5, if anyone lacks wisdom, that's the knowledge to make decisions, the knowledge to make decisions based on any position. It could be anything. Lord, what do I do with this career? What do I do with my, um, you know, college? What, do I, what am I going to do after college? What am I going to do after you put you, the blank? What am I going to do in this relationship? He says, ask me, and he'll give it. But you get to believe it. Ask God. Say, God, give me wisdom. I don't know what to do with this relationship. But you go to him. You put him in the middle of a if you put God in the middle of your relationship, you can't go wrong. If you put God in the middle of your career choices, you can't go wrong. If you want to do it all on your own and just, okay, I don't need you. I'm doing it all. I don't, you know, well, my friend Susie says this, and you want to do that, well, then you're going to pay consequences of that. Makes sense, right? But, but on the other hand, God says um, we need advice from others as well. And that's where I was talking about this, this, this smoochy huddle where you, you're their best friend and you go, I could see this woman isn't for you because I've been your best friend for 20 years and I know exactly what you need. After all, I've been with you for 20 years. I know your good points and your bad points. Or if you're, you're a gal and you say, look, this guy is sleazy. There's something about this guy that I just don't know, Right? I mean, some of your friends, do you have friends like that that hopefully will step up and say, yo, there's red flags here. You know? Scripture says this. It says, in a multitude, uh, without advice, plans go wrong. Without advice, st starting with God, but now to others, he, he, he puts other people in our lives, even, yeah, even your parents, <laughs> he puts in your life. They may not even be believers, but they have a certain... Um, wisdom that they have to know when someone's not good for you, right? It's just something, but you put it all together. You don't take it all, you take it all together, but because look, a multi, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. I don't want a yes man in my life. I need someone who's going to tell it to me straight. A real friend is going to tell it to you straight. If you're in a relationship and they're seeing red flags and all your other friends are also seeing red flags, now, some of them may be jealous of your relationship, but some if you have like three of the four saying, uh-uh, I think you should 
take a step back and pray about that. Does that make sense? That, that's what the Bible, that's right from, I mean, it's, it's common knowledge, but it's, it's right from the Bible. Multitude of counsel. The idea of the first prerequisite is, is wisdom as we approach relationships because it's so, so important. And in the area of dating, like I said, it's not biblical, but it's not wrong. There are a lot of things in the, in, in, that aren't in the Bible that's okay to do, right? It's okay. It's okay to go apple picking. That's not in the Bible either. But we could go apple picking. We could do a lot of things. Um, so what is the second thing? The second thing is really um, intentionality. I mean, we might have a little disagreement with this, but I, this is scriptural, I believe. So the idea of is dating should have a destination. If your dating does not have a destination, and if your, your partner, dating partner, dating partner, someone in love, if they don't have a destination, if there's no definition defining the terms of the relationship, chances are they're not ready for that relationship. And chances are you're wasting your time because you're investing, just like we're investing in these apples today, or pumpkins. I have you covered if you want to buy I have some I have money for pumpkins for you guys. You're wasting your time and money and energy, and not only that, your heart, you're pouring it all into this person, and they don't even know where the heck they're going. It's like taking the LX. How many of you know who, what the LX bus is? Uh, it's like taking the LX bus. You get on the bus. You know, it runs the circuit all over different campuses. You're on the bus, and, and, and people are, where are you going? I don't know. <laughs> and you stay on the bus, and you never get off the bus. It keeps, if you know about the LX bus, it just keeps going around and around. You can stay on there. You can, I did that once in a while. When, when uh, I worked in New Brunswick, I just took the LX bus and I just went around and around and around and around and around and around and around. And you're going to be going around in circles like a gerbil on a wheel in your relationships because, you know, how long have you been dating? Oh, 10 years. 10 years? No decision? Nothing? Yeah, 10 years. He, he loves me. I love him. No decision? Nothing? Please. Get off the bus. <laughs> get off the bus. Do you say get off the bus? Does that make sense? I mean, dating should have a, a destination. There should be a purpose. That's what intentionality means. There's a purpose in mind. There's, a, there's an end goal. You have to have an end goal. Uh, even the scripture says, you know, when there, when there is no vision, the people perish. You have to have a vision and a plan for your life. What's your plan? Your college. You came here with a plan to do something, although I know some professional, <laughs> some professional students, they've been in college like for years and years, and they just like the professional college life, but they never get off the bus. There's no, there's no goal. You should have an aim. Dating should be intentional with an aim, and you need to know um, what's going on. If you have someone in a relationship with, this is the time to determine is this person worth the investment? Is this person a legitimate potential life partner, or are they? Are we going to ride the bus all, 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 all year? And you know what happens when you do that? It's dangerous. Uh, recreational, and this is just David talking. 
recreational dating, just to date, without a purpose, can lead you into really bad places. And you can say, oh, no, it's okay, we're just hanging out. That's fine to hang out. Of course it's fine to hang out. But once you, once you give your, once these things, because when you're in a certain relationship, and once the boundaries start going down, and you open, you're bound to start opening up that heart, and then some bad decisions can be made. Many people can, can, can um, ruin their whole lives with that. I had people come in family court, you know, who, who ended up having kids. They didn't mean to have kids. It happened, and now their whole lives are messed up. Now the guy's ended up paying child support for the rest of his life, or she's ended up with kids that she really didn't want at that age because of this situation. Does that make sense? So, so I think the biblical advice is to trust God. Go to God first. Pray, uh, pr- pray for that person. Ready yourself for that special person that God will bring in your life. But without vision, the people perish. So if that person that you're with does not have a vision in, in, in regarding a relationship, you're pretty much wasting your, your breath on that. Amos 3.3 says, how can two agree unless you, how can two walk together unless you're agreed? So if you're dating someone and they're in a completely different worldview of you, completely different, and they're not even willing to come to the middle, then you should take a close look on that. Because this is just common sense. This is not talking about race or culture. It's talking about the heart. If this person is not with you on the heart, most important thing in your life, and they're not with you, look, there's something out there, and I wrote about it on oasis-singles.com. Missionary dating. You hear about this old, I'm missionary dating this guy. Uh, what they mean by that is he has no, at this point, no, um, he's not even close to being a Christian, not even close to being on the same page spiritually in your spiritual journey. But I'm going to missionary date them because I'm worth it and he loves me and I could change him. You ever hear that? I could change him? Let me tell you something. And most of the time it's the ladies that want to change the guy. You ain't changing the guy. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You know, I, I, if I do this, he'll do that. Nope, it's not going to happen. You can't change a man. Only God can change a man from the inside out. You could talk about it. I know this is like raw, and maybe some people will say this is politically, it's just the way it is. And guys, you're not going to change the girl either. You know? It's not going to happen. It's just the way it is. So this is why it's important in your intentionality to make sure you have all this connected. And by the way, there's a scripture in Corinthians, don't be misled. Look, bad company corrupts good character. You may start out good, and I see this all the time. She picked the fruit, the fruit looked good, but when she got home it was rotten. But she says, you know what, I'm okay, I can handle this. I can handle this, I'll just cut out the little rotten parts. I'll change it, you know, I'll make it into applesauce, or whatever, whatever it might be. And, and what invariably happens is they end up being pulled down instead of the other way around. Because that's just the, the way it is. If I'm up on the stage here, and I have someone that's less strong than me pulling me down, I'm going to go down. They're not going to come up. That's just, what the, that's just the principle there. That's how it works. So that's very important. So questions. 
Next week, we're going to get into deeper questions as we close down. These are some questions I would ask a potential dating person. As you pray about it, as you give, as you trust God, you know, for his wisdom, and as you rely on him and all your circle of, of support, and all that, you, and, and now God brought you, he will bring people in your life. He will do that. You give him first place. You give him first place in, in your heart. So first thing is, uh, I would ask them is, how do you define your relationship with Jesus? Right off the bat, like, where do you stand? Where do you stand with Jesus? That's a question to ask. Uh, what are your boundaries regarding physical intimacy before marriage? That's a big one. You know, that's a whole other week, too. We're going to get into sex and all that. But what's your boundaries? My boundaries might be a little this, a little that, you know, a little, a little that. A little of the feeling up the, the apple here. And their definition is different. I know. Um, very important that we go through this, uh, that you talk about that. What kind of relationship do you have with your family? Oh, brother, that's a big one. <laughs> you know, you realize you marry your family, your, your in-law, and if they look like the in-law, they're going to end up, uh, the person's going to end up, you know, they're going to be looking like that in 30 years. You know, it's just the way it is, okay? This is very important. You, people say, oh, don't talk about that. This is so important. Tell us about your family. Very, very important. Little, little, little tidbits. How do you handle conflict and disagreement? We talked about hurlers and hiders last week. Some people hurl, some people hide. Um, you need to understand when you, you're going to argue in your relationship. Like we said, how do you argue is so important. Some people just stomp out and walk away and never come back. You don't want that. You want to know how they argue. It's so important. Uh, and what about family and kids? I know people that they fell in love. The one grouse thought we were going to have eight kids. And, and, she, and the guy says, kids? Who said anything about kids? <laughs> you know? Uh, and what are your long-term goals? So basically, as we close down, um, these are the prerequisites. Wisdom and intentionality. And, and God has a whole lot to say about it. But the center, of, the most important thing I could say to you up here is to give your life away to Jesus Christ first. Give your life to him. Let him pour his wisdom into your heart and soul and let him uh, change you from the inside out. And then you'll be able to start anew. You're brand new. You're, you're, in his eyes, you're, all past is forgiven. All the things you've done wrong is forgiven. You can have a new beginning in him. And to me, that's the best thing that I could ever offer you today and as we go into our, our series. So, why don't we bow our heads? Father, I thank you for this, Lord, uh, and I thank you for uh, this day, and I pray, Lord, for all of us. Uh, if there's anyone in this room, Lord, that's suffering through a bad relationship, um, I pray for them right now. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to them, that you love them. And, and Lord, maybe some of us are suffering through a... Um, We've done something that we're not proud of, Lord, and we're walking around with this guilt, but they know that they could be forgiven and washed and clean. And some of us have been used, Lord, and it hurts. Father, I, I thank you that you are the great healer, the great renewer and forgiver. And, and some of us, Lord, we're just, we're just lonely. We just want that special someone, Lord. And you created us for that, Lord, but you want us to go to you first. 
And, and, and that's what it's all about. And Father, um, we need you desperately, Lord. We're all sinners, and we thank you for sending Jesus to die for us. And while, while your heads are closed, we're not going to call you up here, but if there's someone here that God is speaking to, that I want to know Jesus. I want to know his forgiveness. I want to know what it's like to feel clean. I want to know what it's like to just have a new beginning because I'm tired of living like this. I want a new start. I know I need you. I know I need to be forgiven. I know I need a new life. Jesus, come into my heart and life. Give me a new beginning in you. If there's anyone right now is not embarrassed, we all come the same way. Anyone that God is talking to right now, he loves you so much. I want you to just raise your hand and, and we'll give you literature afterwards. Is there anyone that God is speaking to right now that um, he's, he's, he's just speaking that yes, daughter, yes, son, I, I want you for my child. Come home. God promises to do that in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for all these things. Uh, in your precious name, amen.